comfort and peace of mind so you can sit back and listen to the game. Carrier, a proud partner of the Milwaukee Brewers. To find your local dealer, go to CarrierMilwaukee.com. That's CarrierMilwaukee.com. On the field and inside the clubhouse, this is Brewers Extra Innings, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Foley. What a game. What a win for the Brewers. They hold on to knock off the Cardinals 4-3 in really a huge divisional series, as big of a series as you can have at the end of May. The Brewers and Cardinals are playing it right here. Feels like these two teams are going to be the two teams battling it out for a division title. And round one here goes to the Brewers tonight as they do win by a 4-3 score. This is Brewers Extra Innings. We've got you till 11.30 tonight. If you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line. The phone number, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on on air. We'll get the post-game comments of manager Craig Council. We will hear uh, from the all the highlights from the game as well. And Vinny Rotino will join us coming up in just a little while. Brewers do just enough offensively. They take the 2-0 lead in the first inning. The Cardinals answer that run, those two runs. They take a 3-2 lead in the second, tack on one more run in the fourth inning, which is absolutely huge because the Cardinals get a run in the seventh. And then somehow, some way. Uh, the bullpen does its job. Trevor got Brad Boxberger, Josh Hader, uh, pitching the final three innings. Gott does give up a run, but Boxberger and Hader were really, really good in the eighth and ninth innings. And once again, Brewers pitching really good, enough to win. Hitting, scoring runs, just enough to get the win, and that does result in a victory. The Brewers keep playing these one-run games, and they keep winning these one-run games. And I don't know what to make of that. My head says all that's going to even out. There's some randomness that goes along with playing one-run games, and at some point it's going to start going in the other direction. But you can't help but notice how good this team has been in these one-run games as they have been able to uh, win so many of them. And it is certainly uh, something that is uh, impressive. They are now 11-4 and in one-run games this year. Again, if you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk at text line 855-616-1620 or tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. 4-3, the Brewers get the win in St. Louis over the Cardinals. This is Brewers X. Extra innings. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. the Brewers get the win in St. Louis to open up a four-game series. So they add one more game to the St. Louis deficit in the NL Central. Uh, You never really know what these series in the month of May and June, even July, matter. But the Brewers right now have a a four-and-a-half game lead on the Cardinals. And that's a pretty good place to be in. When you look at the leads right now across baseball, though, most first-place teams have somewhat significant leads. The only close races right now in baseball, the American League West where the Astros lead the Angels by two games, and the National League West where the Dodgers lead the Padres by a game and a half. If you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line 
855-616-1620. Or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air, at Brewer Crew Scott. Tweeting into the program says, are you more excited about the way the Brewers spread the hits around tonight or more concerned about the runners left stranded? That's an interesting question because you do look up and down the lineup. The Brewers have 12 hits today, and everybody in the starting lineup has at least one, and then you have three players with two hits each, and Christian Yelich, Andrew McCutcheon, and Omar Nervaez. You see 12 hits. You see everybody has at least one hit, and three players have two hits each, plus you've got a handful of uh, extra base hits in there. You had three doubles and a home run. Uh, that looks like a game you should be scoring seven, eight, nine runs, and the Brewers score four. Now, they're going to win a lot of games where they score four runs. Four runs is probably enough to win more often than not with the pitching. But that being said, the club does go three for 11 with runners in scoring position and also uh, leaves nine on base. I have... Not that I'm giving them a free pass at the moment, but I kind of am. Uh, this just this is there's too many guys out of the lineup right now for me to you know I I worry about what they do hitting with runners in scoring position. That's a number that we talk about a lot on this show. But when you don't have Willie Adamas, when you don't have Hunter Renfro, you're on the road playing 11 straight games in three different cities. This and it's May, and you're playing a good Cardinals team, Like, just find a way to win. That's, that's what this is for me. Just find a way to win. We can, we can get a little bit sensitive about the 3-for-11 with runners in scoring position. Okay. But just find a way to win, and that's what they did. They push across enough runs to win the game. So if you ask me that, that question after a different game, Scott, I probably have a different answer. But after this game, it's just you find a way to win. Doug texting in. Impressive win tonight with a couple big bats out of their lineup. It's time to take advantage of it. Win three out of four. Get up to a five or six game lead. That's like a ten game lead with this pitching. It's a big lead. I do think, maybe I'm wrong on this, I think that the Brewers and Cardinals are going to come down into September for who's going to win the division. I think the two teams are going to be right next to each other. Um, and I also don't think that's a bad thing. I think we saw last year when the Brewers ran away with the division that you know the, the, it, it didn't go so well for them down the stretch of the season. So I'm not going to be upset if this is a race up until the final few days of the season to see who's going to win the division. I think that could actually turn into a good thing for the Brewers. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You could tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauley on air. Vinny Rotino is set to join us coming up in just a moment. The Brewers get the win in St. Louis 4-3. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. Four 
three. The Brewers get the win in St. Louis to take game one of this four-game series. Welcome back in. It's Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Vinny Rettino will join us in just a moment or so. Again, the Brewers with the win today. They increase their lead in the NL Central to four and a half games. Let's go ahead and bring in former Brewer Vinny Rettino and Vinny, this felt like a heavyweight matchup throughout the entire game, and then you have Josh Hader, and that you're thinking about him being away from the team for the last few days. Is there going to be any rust? What has he been doing the last few days? And he has some big-time battles. What a finish for this game tonight. Yeah, amazing what this guy can do. I mean, he has to go through the gauntlet, right? I mean, Tommy Edmonds never been an easy out for the Milwaukee Brewers pitching staff. He gets on to start off that inning. And then, obviously, Paul Goldschmidt takes you know, three pitches, and then he's done. That's how good Josh Hader is. He can just strike out the hottest hitter in all of baseball at will. And then Nolan Arenado, you knew he was going to be a tough out, and then he was able to get Pujols and Yepes. Yeah, I mean, it was a stressful inning. I, I didn't have any worry in my mind that he was going to get through it. Uh, but it's amazing what this kid can do. The the line score on this game is kind of weird because they score four runs on 12 hits, and then you look at the hits, everybody in the lineup has a hit. Three guys have two hits. There's four extra base hits. You look at all those numbers, and you feel like they should have scored six, seven, eight runs. They, they score four. They go three for 11 with runners in scoring position. You never begrudge a victory, but it's weird the way this line score and this box score plays out because it certainly feels like they could have scored scored some more runs tonight no I mean yeah that's kind of been the MO but thank goodness for Tyrone Taylor right I mean again he comes up with a big RBI he's got 12 RBIs in his last seven games absolutely amazing what he's been able to do in the clutch and then obviously Andrew McCutcheon's been coming up with some clutch hits as, as well he got that big fourth run across the plate but I agree with you it's it felt like they should have blown it open um I, I thought that they were gonna have really productive at bats and and kind of get to adam wainwright just because they do a good job with against guys that are kind of thumbing it up there uh this team does they have comfortable at bats and they did that 10 10 hits against adam wainwright who's having an unbelievable season by the way for for him i mean he's 40 years old uh but yeah you felt like this team should have scored a few more runs you mentioned Tyrone Taylor, and he his hits are so impactful. He's not hitting for average. He goes one for four tonight. He's hitting two thirty eight. But it seems like when he comes to the plate and there is an opportunity for him to drive in runs, uh, a pretty good percentage of the time he's coming through in those moments. He really is. And since you know, since May fourth, though, I mean, since he's been able to play every day, and he's been playing pretty much every day, he's got an eight oh nine OPS. Right, he's got 14 RBIs in those 57 at bats since May 4th. Before that, he started off slow. If you remember, we were even talking about, hey, this kid's not taking, you know, taking his opportunity and making the most of it. You know, his first 46 plate appearances, he had a 603 OPS. He was hitting 200, just above the Mendoza line, and now he's off and running with it. I think he's getting more comfortable. I think he's understanding that he doesn't have to go five for four every night in order to get playing time. But he's having some really productive at-bats, especially with runners in scoring position, especially with two outs in runners in scoring position. He's been doing a phenomenal job. The bullpen tonight, and I know God gives up the run, but 
with Devin Williams not available, and who knows if he's even going to be available tomorrow, it's a second straight day, not even probably a third straight day, where the bullpen is being used in different ways. Beyond that, and when you consider Hader was out for the entire last series, these guys just continue to come through and get outs in big moments. They really do, and different guys are stepping up. That's what's really encouraging about this. I mean, I actually thought Eric Lauer could go out for the sixth. Instead, they bring in Trevor Kelly. He throws 18 pitches, pretty efficient, um, Gets you know faces four guys and gets his three outs. So that was a big inning right there in the sixth from a guy that you didn't expect it from. And then you have got, like you said, Boxberger did not have his best stuff today. He has a knack for getting through innings without his best stuff. And then obviously Josh Hader. But, yeah, I mean, Gott is really establishing himself, even though he did give up the one run, the home run to Paul Goldschmidt. He really is establishing himself as, like, we talk about that all a lot. Like, who's that guy that's going to bridge the game to the Brad Boxberger or to the Devin Williams? Um, and it is proving to be Trevor Gott at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Really good win for this team. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Vinny, thanks so much for your time. We'll uh, continue to talk to you through the weekend. Sounds good. Thanks, Matt. All right, there's Vinny Rotino, former Brewer, joining us. Brewers, uh, they come up with the win in St. Louis tonight, winning by a 4-3 score. Again, if you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. At about 11.05, we are going to hear the postgame comments from manager Craig Council around 11.15. We'll go back through the game with the highlights, and uh, we'll still get you some scores and everything else that we do on the program coming up. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Falling. Brewers throw the first punch in the four-game series against the St. Louis Cardinals. They win tonight by a 4-3 score. Brewers Extra Innings continues here on WTMJ. We've got you till 11.30 tonight. We'll still hear from manager Craig Council and also go back through the game with the highlights. That's all coming up. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line, or you can tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Jerry in the Dells texting in says, it's so encouraging to watch our heavyweight brewers going toe-to-toe with the best teams in the league and always holding our own very cool yeah we didn't really know this team had not played a strong schedule i'm not i'm not breaking any news when i tell you that they had played a lot of games against teams that were not very good and they had a fantastic record they are they are arguably out to their best start uh ever in in franchise history so but they're beating these teams that were not very good and you saw the schedule start to turn here recently because they played three games in San Diego, and what did they do? They took two out of three, and you can make the argument that they absolutely should have swept that series when you consider how they lost on Friday night and all the missed opportunities, and then they come back with some low-scoring games in games two and three and do just enough scoring-wise and just pitch the, the absolute heck out of the baseball uh, to get those wins, and now tonight they open up the series against St. Louis, and they come come away victorious. So it is, uh, it's a good sign for this team that not only are they beating bad teams, but now they're beating some good teams as well. 
Uh, Bob text in, says, uh, what do you expect out of Lorenzo Cain this year with the bat? And do you think Christian Yelich will have a big year? I have no clue on Lorenzo Cain. I just, it doesn't look great right now. He has the hit today. It felt like he was hitting it a little bit harder, and that's that's good to see. You know, something that Vinny Rotino talks about a lot is the fact that the bat speed is just not there for him. And that's not an easy thing to fix. Like, you don't just all of a sudden uh, get bat speed back. That's not saying that uh, you spend some time in the cage and all of a sudden that's going to come back. You can do some things, but I don't know. I, I don't know. As far as Christian Yelich goes, I, I'm i pretty comfortable with what he's doing right now. I know the 244 average isn't anything special, and I know he hasn't driven in a whole lot of runs recently, but when you really break down, I mean, he's, he's getting on base. All, you don't need him to be the MVP version of himself. Uh, you just need him to be really good, like a borderline all-star. And he's probably still a little bit off that, but there's a, the fact that he had the two hits today and, you know, it, there's – it looks like him at times. Like the last two years, we rarely said, okay, that looks like Christian Yelich. And this year, we have been able to say that a fair amount of times. Let's grab a, a phone call. Andrew is in Muskego. Hey, Andrew, you're on WTMJ. Hey, good evening, man. I just wanted to touch base, and uh, I just wanted to say that doesn't it seem different this year that they're getting way more two-out base hits than last year? It just seems like, their approach is different or every time I tune in and I watch them, it seems like they're coming up with that two out hit. And even if it's in the fourth inning or fifth inning, it just seems like it's making the difference to me. And I, I don't know if it's their approach, their hitting instructor they have. It just seems like a different caliber team. What do you think? Yeah, it come. Yeah, appreciate the phone call. I think it comes and goes. Like the, their close and late numbers have been really good this year. You know, close games um, and and late, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth innings. Um, those numbers have been pretty good. They have been struggling recently as runners in scoring position. They they went three for eleven today. Uh, that series against the Padres, they struggled. But again, I kind of give them a pass because of who they don't have in the lineup. Um, I just I still think this is an inconsistent lineup. I think it's an it's an offensive club that can go out and score a ton of runs one night and not so many the next night, and we can probably say that about a lot of teams in Major League Baseball, but I think it's a little bit more pronounced for the Brewers. If there'd be one thing that I would want this club to improve upon between now and the end of the season is just a little bit more consistency in their run scoring. Uh, that's not there, but th- the point you make is, is spot on. Uh, they are coming up with more two-out hits. They are uh, coming up with the proverbial big hit more often. I don't think the last week is a good uh, example of that when you look at the Padres series and then what happened uh, tonight, uh, but they are. There are those big hits. It's better than it was last year. It's better than it was uh, last year, without a doubt. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, Mario the Poet tweeting in says, Hater coming back so strong after so much inactivity is the story of the game. I was a little nervous. I didn't know what to expect. He's been he was away from the team for three days. He had a really scary situation involving his pregnant wife and complications uh, with the pregnancy. And then he travels on his own into St. Louis. Uh, you just you don't know what to – they're human beings. I remind people about that all the time. They are human beings. Uh, sometimes we think they are machines. We forget 
that they have real lives and stuff is going on, and that can impact what happens. Just like you or me might take something going on in our lives into our work. You know, if I, uh, if I have a subpar show one day, and I know that might be uh, shocking for you to consider, but if, if I have a subpar show one day, it might be because something else is going on in my life and nobody's really going to know about that and we're going to get through. Josh Hader is publicly dealing with his wife uh, going through complications in the pregnancy and then missing the series and traveling in to join the team midway through the road trip. And what does he do? He comes in and he still gets the save. Like, are you kidding me? That's, that's, forget, that's just incredible. Like, forget that it's baseball. Just whatever job you're doing to do that is really incredible and uh, good on him that he was be, being able to do that. Brewers get the win in St. Louis, 4-3 the final score. We've got the news coming up in two minutes, and then we'll get the post-game comments of manager Craig Council after that. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Get the win in St. Louis. Brewers extra innings rolls on here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Eric Lauer gets the start today. You know, we haven't talked a lot about Lauer on this show. He pitches well. Five innings, two runs, four hits, one strikeout, four walks. He wasn't as dominant as he has been at times this year. Obviously, the strikeout numbers uh, weren't there. The pitch count was up. He throws 96 pitches in his five innings. The pitch count was really high for the first two innings. He gave up the two runs in the first, and then he kind of reverted back to who we are used to him being uh, over the final three innings of his outing. And as manager Craig Council spoke with the media just a little while ago, he discussed that, how uh, there were kind of two different Eric Lowers in this game tonight. I mean, it was like two different games, I think, first and second. Um, I think he was at 58, 59 pitches through through two. Just to, to get that to get that third out, to get Pujols the third out in the second, um, well, that, that's a huge out and no runs, you know, so he, gives, he throws 60 pitches basically and only gives up two runs. Um, and then he, and then he was, you know, very, very good the next three innings. Nothing, nothing really cooking. So, um, you know, we we needed that fifth inning. It was it was big. Um, I mean, I think he was close to frankly going out there for the sixth inning. Um, but it was a it was a good outing, and we got another great outing from our bullpen. What do you think the difference was? What did he What did he figure out? Yeah, I mean, I I think he just. You know, he just was missing some stuff early, and there was a lot of kind of up balls. Then off speed was kind of down and in, um, and he, he just got locked in, um, and just just pumping strikes. Um, you know, there was not a lot of hard contact after the second, um, so it was just I think just delivery, just getting a little locked in. Um, and all we always say it's that that starter hadn't been out there. That first inning's tough. You know, you're not you haven't been out there in five days, and. Um, and unfortunately, he got through it. Uh, Josh got thrown right back into the fire there today. It was a stressful inning for him, but that's uh, those are the kind of situations that he's always that he's been. Yeah, I mean, look, that's you know that that it's a tough inning for for anybody going through some really good hitters. Um, but he, he handled it well. I mean, that that's that's what he's so good at. You know, there's stuff starts going on and got a couple guys have good at bats um but he still slows the game down and 
uh, makes pitches. Um, guys give him tough at bats, and he just still makes pitches. Um, you know that that those situations, there's not a lot of room for error, and but there's never any speed up in Josh, um, and, and that's what allows him to keep making pitches um, and it's an inning where you got to keep making pitches. Only four runs but um, you guys put pressure on them all night. Uh, you got a hit from every starter in the lineup and just you know continually had guys on base and made them work. Yeah, a lot, a lot of base hits. Um, some two out hits that, that were that were big. Um, and we did a nice job against Wainwright. And we, we did a nice job. The Palante did a really good job for them, but we did a nice job against Wainwright and put pressure on him every inning and made him work every inning. Um, and, you know, take take four runs against him. It's well done. Coach said that, you know, with the familiarity that you guys have with Wainwright, it's, it's about, you know, your plan and executing. Yeah. And do you think they did a good job of that? I, I mean, I did. There's no, you know, there, there's there's not necessarily, there's not something new to discuss. It is. It's about your plan against them, um, anticipating a little bit of what what is he going to do to you. Um, we, we know what he's good at. He's going he's gonna to do what he's good at. Um, and it's just, it's getting a pitch to hit. Um, and we did, we did a nice job of that and laying off the, the, the stuff that's, you know, the breaking ball down, the cutter in, you know, laying off that stuff. Yeah, they did do a nice job against Adam Wainwright. They collect 10 hits against Wainwright in his five innings. So it was it was not a good whip day for Wainwright giving up the 10 hits and also walking one in his five innings. His final line isn't bad. He gives up four runs, three earned in five innings, two strikeouts, one walk. But Wainwright's been really good this year, really, really good uh, this year. And he had a sub-3 ERA coming into this game. It jumps up to 3.12 after. And the Brewers have had some success against Wainwright, somebody who uh, it seems like when he pitches against everybody else, he has a lot of uh, – he, he does a nice job, but against the Brewers so far, uh, they've been able to uh, to get some things against him. It's still just incredible, just incredible what Wainwright is doing at his age on a game-in and game-out basis. He continue, The fact that he had a sub-3 ERA coming into this game tonight, it just tells you a lot about uh, what he was doing. He had 2.87 ERA before the game got started. He finishes with a 3.12, so they jump his ERA about uh, three-tenths of a run. For Eric Lauer, he had a 2.16 coming in. His goes up as well, giving up the two runs in five innings. It goes up to 2.31. All right, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we will uh, recap the game with all the highlights. This was an exciting one. Brewers get the win over the Cardinals 4-3. Back with more in a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauley. A 4-3 win for the Brewers as they knock off the Cardinals. Pitching matchup this evening, Eric Lauer making the start for the crew, and it's Adam Wainwright getting the start for St. Louis. A lot of early scoring. You thought this was going to be a high-scoring game based upon the way the first inning went. With one out in the top of the first inning, it's Luis Urias at the plate. Here's the 0-1, and Urias, a high fly ball, deep left center field, racing back his Bader onto the warning track. He looks up, and it is gone for Luis Urias. So the Brewers take a 1-0 lead with two outs. Andrew McCutcheon gets a base hit, then Rowdy Telez single. So a couple two-out hits right there. Puts runners at the corners for Tyrone Taylor. 
And a ground ball back up the middle into center field for a base hit. McCutcheon will trot home. Taylor continues to stay hot, and the Brewers lead it 2 to nothing. But the Cardinals would answer those runs in the bottom of the first inning. Game gets started with a Tommy Edmond double and then a Paul Goldschmidt walk, so runners on at first and second, nobody out. Nolan Arenado flies out, but it was deep enough to allow Edmond to tag from second. He takes third, so that puts runners on at the corners for Albert Pujols. Two balls and two strikes. Lauer kicks, delivers. Line drive past the diving glove of Peterson and into left field. One run is in. That's the only run that is going to come in, and that's Edmund from third. Goldschmidt stops at third, and then he scores on a Juan Yepes sacrifice fly out to center field, and that evens the game up at two runs apiece. But the Brewers get one of those runs right back in the top of the second inning. Jace Peterson with one out doubles, and then with two outs, Luis Urias reaches on a throwing air. So that puts runners on at the corners for Christian Yelich. Wainwright's 1-2 pitch. Yelich line drive into right field for a base hit. Peterson will score easily. That makes it a 3-2 game. Brewers have the lead. The Cardinals try to answer in the bottom of the second inning. Like I said, just back and forth we went for those first couple innings. Uh, with a couple outs, Tommy Edmonds gets uh, Tommy Edmonds gets a base hit, then Paul Goldschmidt singles, runners on at the corners, and it's Nolan Arenado at the plate. Flowers pitch, missed down and in with a curveball, and Arenado works a walk. So that loads the bases for Albert Pujols. Here's the 2-2 offering from Lauer. And it's a ground ball to short. Urias Fields flips to second in time. And Lauer gets out of it here in the bottom of the second. Cardinals leave them loaded in the second. And the Brewers continue to lead by a 3-2 score. At that point, the game kind of starts to settle down. The Brewers would add to their lead in the fourth inning. With one out, Colton Wong gets a base hit. Then with two outs, Christian Yelich walks. So runners on at first and second, and it's Andrew McCutcheon at the plate. Wainwright ready in the pitch. Swinging a line smash, left center field, base hit McCutcheon. Around third comes Wong. He will score no throw to the plate. And it is McCutcheon delivering a two-out RBI knock. Huge hit right there for McCutcheon. We didn't know it then, but that would turn into the game-winning run for the Brewers. Uh, that makes it a 4-2 game. We would not hear from the Brewers from a scoring standpoint. Again, uh, Adam Wainwright kind of locked in at that point. He would be done after five innings. Andre Pallante would come in to pitch the sixth inning for the Cardinals. He puts down the Brewers 1-2-3. Eric Lauer was done after five innings as well. Trevor Kelly comes in, and uh, he pitches a scoreless sixth. So we head to the seventh inning. In the seventh, the Brewers would get a hit from Christian Yelich. Nothing more. Bottom of the seventh. New pitcher for the Brewers is Trevor Gott. First battery faces Tommy Edmond. He lines out. Second battery faces is Paul Goldschmidt. One-two pitch. Swing and a high, deep drive to left field. Way back there, Yelich, all the way to the wall. Yelich reaching up. He can't get it. It is gone. Goldschmidt has been in a one-run game. 4-3, Goldschmidt with the home run, and it gets just that much tighter in this game. In the eighth inning, the Brewers are quiet against Pallante and then Brad Boxberger in the bottom of the eighth inning. He does give up a base hit to Harrison Bader, but nothing more. 
and this game heads to the ninth with the Brewers leading by a 4-3 score. The Cardinals go to Giovanni Gallegos to pitch the top of the ninth inning, and he has a 1-2-3 frame, striking out Luis Urias and Christian Yelich, and then getting Andrew McCutcheon to fly out. So it brings us to the bottom of the ninth. Josh Hader had not been with the Brewers while they were in San Diego as he was dealing uh, with some complications connected to his wife's pregnancy. So he arrived in St. Louis to rejoin the team, and he's thrown right into the fire in a one-run game in the ninth inning. First battery faces is Tommy Edmond, and Edmond gets a base hit, just gets over the infield out to a shallow center field. So the Cardinals have the potential tying run on base. Paul Goldschmidt then comes up, and Hayter does a great job against uh, Goldschmidt, strikes him out looking. So one on, one out, and the always dangerous Nolan Arenado then stands in. He's able to work a walk, so that puts runners on at first and second. So now the tying run is on in scoring position, and the winning run is on at first base. Albert Pujols, the next hitter, he has an epic at bat against Hayter, but he ends up popping out to Rowdy Telez in foul territory. So two outs in the inning, it brings up Juan Yepes. He ends up popping out to Jace Peterson. Hayter gets out of it, giving up a hit, stranding two, and the Brewers hold on to pick up the 4-3 win. With the victory, the Brewers go to 29-16, while the Cardinals, they drop to 24-20. Winning totals for the crew, four runs, 12 hits, no errors. They leave nine. For St. Louis, three runs, seven hits, one air. They end up leaving 11. The winning pitcher is Eric Lauer. He goes to five and one. Adam Wainwright takes the loss, dropping to five and four. Josh Hader the save, his 16th of the year. Home runs, Luis Urias hitting his fourth of the year. For St. Louis, Paul Goldschmidt hits his eighth. The game lasting three hours and 21 minutes, played in front of a crowd of 35,107 folks at Bush Stadium in St. Louis. Brewers get the 4-3 win against the Cardinals in game one of a four-game set. We'll preview game two. We'll get you some scores from around baseball, and uh, we'll call tonight Brewers a 4-3 win tonight in St. Louis. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Three, the Brewers get the win in St. Louis, taking game one of this four-game series. Good win for the Brewers. They extend their lead out in the NL Central to uh, four and a half games. Excuse me, they, yeah, four and a half games. And now they have three more games to go. Brandon Woodruff will match up against Dakota Hudson in game two of the series coming up tomorrow evening. More on that coming up in just a moment or so. A, uh, a little tidbit for you coming out of this one. I always enjoy these uh, statistical... Uh, oddities that come out of games that are uh, put out by uh, Doug Kern on Twitter at DAKern74. So uh, the Brewers today, their 7, 8, and 9 hitters all had doubles in uh, Omar Nervaez, Lorenzo Cain, and Jace Peterson. So how rare is it for a team to have their bottom three hitters all come up with a double? Well, it is the first time that's happened for the Brewers since June 25th of 2017. So it's been a little while. On And again, 
we got to remember the fact that uh, National League hitters or National League pitchers were hitting uh, up until this year, so that makes it that much more rare because not a lot of pitchers are coming up with uh, doubles. But the group that uh, the seven, eight, nine group that all doubled back in June of 2017. Keon Broxton, Orlando Arcia, and Zach Davies. Those were the three uh, who all doubled in uh, 2017, and that's the last time the Brewers have had their seven, eight, and nine hitters all come up with a double. Uh, cool Ethan tweeting in says, a great job by Hader. On the flip side, and I said earlier how challenging it can be to be dealing with uh, some home stuff and just come in and lock it in. And so, uh, Ethan has given another side of that. He says, uh, on the flip side, if you enjoy your craft, sometimes it takes the mind off of personal issues. And then he goes on to say, to win these games without Willie, Hunter, Freddie, and all the runners left on, amazing pitching staff has been awesome the last few years. So I, I get what you're saying there, Ethan, and I, I do agree with it. And I, we're all different. We're all human beings. We're all uh, built and wired a little bit differently. I would have... if. If my wife was having major complications connected to a pregnancy, I would have a really hard time doing my job. I just I know that about myself. I would be really focused in on that. Now, if what I was dealing with was a little bit less, you know, if, if the bills are starting to pile up a, a little bit, uh, a little bit too high, or my daughter is uh, fighting off some sickness or something, just has a little bit of a cold, and uh, it's keeping us up at night or something. Yeah, at that point, going into your job, which you really enjoy doing, like you, you, you point to here with Hater, that it, that can very much. If you if you do a job and you love your job, it can be a respite at times from some of those real life issues, but. But for me personally, I think there's a line somewhere where it goes from being a respite to being something that's really hard to, to focus on. And I'm not Josh Hader. I just all I can do is speak for myself. And I think it's pretty incredible that with everything that he's dealing with right now, uh, he was able to come in and look as good as he did. That was uh, that was quite impressive. And to your point, I mean the the, the fact that this team is playing with they they just took two out of three uh, without Hader and without those other guys. And uh, we're not going to see Willie Adamas back this weekend. That's the word from uh, Craig Council. He's getting closer, uh, but he's not there yet. He was able to do some on-field work uh, earlier today before the Cardinals had to get the tarp on the field. Uh, Hunter Renfro is going to continue to be out. We're not going to see Freddie Peralta for a long time. Uh, David Stearns did his weekly conversation uh, with the Wisconsin Morning News folks uh, this morning and basically said they'll reevaluate Freddie in August. So if they're reevaluating him in August, that probably means late August into September is the absolute earliest. So essentially, the way you got to view it now with Peralta is if you get anything out of him the rest of the season, it's bonus. You know, what can you really expect out of a guy who misses everything up until August and then all of a sudden you're going into the final month or so of the season where he's going to have to uh, go on his rehab assignment and build up his strength and everything. It might just turn into something where Peralta becomes a bullpen pitcher this year. 
that might they may not have the time that they need to be able to lengthen him out if it's really going to be into August, especially if it's late August by the time he returns. So he could turn into maybe a weapon uh, out of the bullpen. And in a very convoluted kind of way, that's not actually the worst thing in the world for this team when it comes to the playoffs because they've got so many starting pitchers, not everybody's going to be able to be used uh, in, in that kind of way. All right, let's take a look at scores from around the division tonight. Uh, the Reds and this afternoon, this was a day game. Reds all over the Cubs. The Reds win over the Cubs by a 20-5 to score. You heard that right. 20 20- to five was the final score. The Reds come away with the victory. Everybody had a hit uh, for Cincinnati, and almost everybody had multiple hits except for Joey Votto, who goes 0 for three. So that was kind of uh, that was kind of interesting. Uh, the Pirates they end up having the day off. Brewers minor league system: Carolina over Canapolis, 3-2 and in 11 innings. Wisconsin loses at Cedar Rapids, 9-0. Biloxi in 10 innings knocks off Montgomery by a 4-3 score. And at AAA Nashville losing at Toledo 9-4 was the final score in that one. Brewers and Cardinals getting set for game two of this four-game series tomorrow night from Bush Stadium in St. Louis. The pitching matchup tomorrow. The Brewers will have right-handed pitcher Brandon Woodruff on the mound. He comes in with a 5-2 record and a 4.76 ERA. It's going to be Dakota Hudson making the start for St. Louis. The right-hander is 3-2 with a 3.60 ERA. 7-15 first pitch tomorrow. That means our network coverage begins at 6.40. Brewers warm up at 6 o'clock, and I'll be back with you after the game for Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. Only 11% of those trying to sell their own homes actually succeed. And of those that do sell their own home, they sell on average for 